0: Good morning, everyone. Let's try that one more time. Good morning, everyone. Listen, I know it's cold outside. We can warm it up in here. So the Kansas City Chiefs Chaplain, Marcellus Casey, was supposed to be preaching to us today. He texted early Friday morning and said, Christian, I am sick. I'm going to get tested today, but I don't think I should come on Sunday. Hopefully, he's going to come sometime in November. But they called down to the bullpen and said, Christian, you're up Sunday now. Um, So get ready to go. So we are in week three of this series that we're calling the way of jesus but we're actually in message four because marcellus in a couple weeks will give us message number three as we walk through matthew five if you have your bibles matthew chapter five is where i want you to head today and jonah martin my gosh if you are watching today man good morning thank you for what you and the guys with you in basic training are doing christian My son is great friends with Jonah, saw a picture of you and all the weight you gained. And he said, man, Jonah's getting swole as a soldier. So, man, we love you. We cannot wait to see you. Spencer Evans and your buddies watching at the Knox House, welcome. Um, Folks, half our church is still online. So if you're watching online with us, know that we love you and we miss you, um, and when it's time for you to come back, man, we're going to be here. It may look different. Um, I don't know if you noticed today, there's a few things going on. Um, when you pulled into the parking lot, this needs to be a season where we are open to change. We could, in a couple of weeks, move our entire church off site um, for a month as they tear up parking lots, tear up entries, and figure out how to connect a, a new building to an old building so stay tuned every Sunday you should probably check and say where's church how are we doing where things going to be but all of it is because God is moving Um, and sometimes when God moves things get out of order for a little bit so they can be in a better order in the future and that's where we are headed as we learn how to walk in the way of Jesus why are we in this series here's our goal in this series we want to learn the way of Jesus so we can live like Jesus it's followers of Jesus you say Christian is that even possible Like, I thought we just asked Jesus to forgive us of our sin and like to let us go to heaven when we die. Like, do you really think that people can live like Jesus? I do. Listen to what Oswald Chambers has to say about the Sermon on the Mount. He says the Sermon on the Mount is not some unattainable goal. It's a statement of what will happen in me when Jesus Christ has changed my nature by putting his own nature in me. So the purpose of this series, The Way of Jesus is to drop our old nature and to pick up Jesus' new nature. Now, to do that, we learn we have to be poor in spirit. We have to admit, the nature I came to Jesus with is broken, and I need a new one. Um, a classical Roman teacher named Quintilian said, some would no doubt be excellent students if they were not already convinced of their own knowledge. If you walk into this series and say, my nature's fine, you will never take on the nature of Jesus. But if you come poor in spirit and think, you know what? I've done it 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 60 years. I think I am broken. If you come with that spirit, the way of Jesus can be implanted into your heart and soul. And that is the goal of this series as we move forward. Here are the goals of today as we get ready to dig into Matthew chapter 5 one more time. We want to learn the key to your most impactful spiritual life. Uh, in, In September, we did a series at our church called Made for This. And we taught you how, how God wants every follower of Jesus to know Him, to be transformed by Him, to discover their purpose, and then to go and make a difference. And we have people right now, we'll have almost 100 people today at 9, 30, and 11 sitting in growth track step three, learning to discover their purpose so they can do what God created them to do. But what we're going to learn today is we're going to see the difference between doing life your way with your strength, listen, and doing life God's way, but with your strength. Let me say it again. We're gonna learn the difference between doing life your way with your strength and doing life God's way with your strength. You say, but it's, but it's still my strength both times? Yeah, we're gonna see how much you can accomplish on your own, and then we're gonna see how much you can accomplish when you will turn the strongest parts of your life over to Jesus. That is the key to your most impactful spiritual life, and then we're gonna see as we do that, we're gonna receive the keys to our rightful spiritual inheritance. This is the beatitude, that has the strangest reward for developing one of these character traits of Jesus, but we're going to see all Jesus is doing is, is throwing us the keys to a house that we used to live in and saying, walk in the way that I created you. So these are our goals today. Before we ever dig into scripture, we always pray and ask God to speak to our hearts. If you've been tracking with us from 21 days of prayer today, you're going to be on page 64, filling out that calendar for the week. So you can join us tomorrow online or in person um, for Monday morning prayer. You're gonna look at your whole calendar before you go to bed tonight. And every meeting you have, every person you're gonna meet with, all the things you're worried about, all the things you're concerned about, you're gonna fill those out in a prayer journal. And before you get to work tomorrow, you're gonna have given your entire week to God and say, all right, God, I'm gonna need your help with this week. So those of you who've been praying with us, Keep that up every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Let's pray today that God speaks to our hearts. Can we do that? Would you bow your heads with me here and those of you watching online? Take a deep breath if you haven't done that yet and ask God to speak to you today. If that happens, today has been a win. Ask God to speak to you. That's a prayer, God, that you would speak to us. Show us how to recognize today our passions and strengths and how to surrender those same passions and strengths to you so that you can accomplish the work in us and through us that you created us for God that's our prayer we pray you'd help us with that we pray it in Jesus name and everyone said amen Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 through 12 is where we've been living for the past few weeks we'll stay there for the next few weeks it says this now when Jesus saw the crowds he went up on a mountainside and sat down his disciples came to him and he began to teach them he said blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed When people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We are for about 10 weeks going to live in these 12 verses with the hope that at the end of these 10 weeks, these 12 verses live in us for the rest of our life because we think that will help us live and look like, and learn the ways of Jesus so that the world might know who he is. Today, we're just going to focus on one verse, verse 5. Matthew 5, 5, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Three lessons are going to show us what it means to be meek and what we receive when we become meek. We're going to start lesson number one with what I call Moses the meek. We're going to learn from a man named Moses And we're going to see his transformation to kind of strong, from strong-willed individual to meek spiritual leader. Matthew 5.5 says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. You say, what does it mean to be meek? It's not a word that we use very often. You may have seen Sung it in a Christmas song, maybe referring to Jesus as meek and mild, but probably it's not a word you used last week. It may not be a word that you've used this year. What does the word meek mean? It's the Greek word praos, pra'as. And it is most commonly used. Let me say this for those of you who say, why are you telling us about Greek? The Old Testament was written in the Hebrew language, the New Testament was written in the Greek language when we want to understand most clearly what the authors were writing we go back and study those languages and say what were they meaning to say in the original letter and a lot of times you look at scripture and you say okay how was that word that we see in the bible used all over greek literature like what would people who read this two thousand years ago think this word meant that's why we give you the greek language in secular literature this word is most commonly used in secular literature to describe a wild animal that was broken so that it could be made useful. This word kind of translates strength under control. It's what it means. So if you can picture a horse that has been broken, you, you would say, the Greeks would say that horse is praos. It has been broken so that its strength is now very, very useful for someone who wants to use it. Before it was not useful to anyone, Now it's useful for a purpose. That's what the Greeks would say of a horse that has been broken. Now, if you're like me, horses are one of the many animals that I'm afraid of. I've only been on a horse twice in my life because they're just big and scary to me. First time I was a young kid, I got invited to ride one of my neighbor's horses. They kind of tried to throw me up on the horse. I went on the horse, off the horse, under the horse, and I think... Because the horse wasn't annoyed that I was under it, it didn't rear up, it didn't stomp me, but it kind of looked at me, took a step over me, and ate some grass. And just that experience of being under that big, powerful animal that no one had the ability to move, I thought, I don't want to do this ever again. Uh, a few years ago, Danielle wanted to go on a horseback ride when we were in Phoenix with my mom and dad for spring break. We did it, and the whole ride, I thought, if this thing wants to go, it's going to go wherever it wants to go there's so much strength I'm just not a big horse guy also don't like sharks also don't like snakes actually don't like very many animals besides my little dog Rudy most of them scare me but Rudy is is okay that's a picture of meek a horse that has been broken so that its strength can be useful Now, let me clarify what meekness is because a lot of people, they hear this this word and they they actually think of the exact opposite of what meek is. Uh, Meek does not mean weak, even though it rhymes and sounds very similar. uh, Meek very specifically has to do with strength, not weakness. As a matter of fact, there's, there's nothing about weakness in the word meek or meekness. Meek is all about strength. It's not about weakness. It's about strength. Um, meek does not mean dispassionate. When you hear that something is meek and mild, you think that it's calm and orderly. That's not what that means. If you think about the man Moses, who was described as meek in the Old Testament, Moses was a very passionate individual. Moses struggled with anger outburst every now and then. Moses struggled with discouragement. Moses felt deeply and he led strongly. No one would look at Moses and say, there's a guy who just doesn't care deeply about many things. So meek doesn't mean that I just don't care passionately about things. Meek does not mean controlled strength. I've heard often that meek is is preached as meek is when you know your strengths and you're able to control them. That's not, that's not meekness. That's discipline. If you say, you know, like I used to be a guy who used to always use foul language, but now I've got that under control. That's not being meek. That's just being disciplined. You say, well, what is What is meekness then? Again, think of the picture of the animal. Meekness is surrendered strength. Meekness is, this is an area in my life where I am really, really strong, really, really useful, but I am going to surrender that strength for someone else's purpose. We see that you become meek in one of two ways. You surrender to it, or like a horse you were broken to it. And there are some Christians, because they learn early enough to give the strongest parts of their life to Jesus, that they they become meek because they surrender their business acumen, their educational acumen, their parenting skills, their ability to run a business or to make money. They they find the strongest parts of their life. They figure out who God made them to be, what God created them to do. They find the things that they're really, really good at, and they surrender those to God, or they try to keep them all for themselves. at some point life breaks them and in brokenness they say okay God I guess I will give you all this if you will just give me my life back surrender or you're broken Moses was broken Moses wasn't surrendered Moses was broken he wasn't weak he wasn't dispassionate he wasn't able to control his strength but eventually he surrendered his strength the story Moses goes this way he was an adopted kid Um, he grew up in a family with an open adoption you say what does that mean he was a hebrew kid raised by an egyptian family but they still let him spend time with his family he knew his brothers and sisters his mom actually raised him until probably he was old enough to go to go to school and learn in school so he was this hebrew kid in this egyptian family he lived with his adopted family very very wealthy while his birth family was very very poor not just poor but like slave poor And he began to see as he grew up and began to live life that his wealthy Egyptian cultured family and people mistreated his birth family and Hebrew people very, very badly. And one day when he was 40, he looked out and an Egyptian person was taking advantage of a Hebrew person and he burned with anger on the inside. It's like God planted a seed that said, you've got to help these Jewish people. The Egyptians aren't treating them well. And at 40, this seed was planted and Moses thought, I got to do something. So he went out and he killed the Egyptian who was beating the Hebrew and he hid him in the sand. Like I guess his plan at that point, God, God put, a, put a seed in his heart that you're going to help these people and deliver them. And that day, because his strength was in his own hands, he said, I'll just kill them all one at a time. <laughs> it would have taken a really long time for his plan, his strength and his hands to work. Of course, the Egyptian government came after him. He ended up fleeing. Forty years later, he's a shepherd on the far side of the desert, and he's a broken man. He's a broken man. And he sees a bush while he's out watching the sheep that's on fire, but it doesn't burn up, so he walks up to the bush, and God speaks out of it and and basically says, hey, I'm the God who put that burden in your heart. I'm the God who made you strong. I'm the God who made you passionate, and I'm the God who's going to use you to deliver those people, but not one at a time by killing them all the egyptians and at that point Moses became the first beatitude he became poor in spirit and he said i can't do it i tried i tried and i failed in my strength my way does not accomplish your purpose for my life i cannot do god what you require and god said because you're finally it took you 40 years but because you're finally willing to admit that and you're willing to put your strength in my hands instead of keep it in your hands we can do this you are also beatitude number 2 you are mourning over the brokenness of what's happened to the hebrew people and if you'll be meek and you'll give all your strength that i've put in you back to me you and i together we'll go handle this thing that you're so passionate about moses wasn't weak he wasn't dispassionate he was out of control when he was 40 but when he surrendered his strength to god god said let's now go fulfill this purpose for your life, my way, walking with me, not your way, you hanging on to all your strength and using it for you. What's the outcome that we learned from this lesson of Moses the meek? It's this, our strength and passions under God's control are far more impactful than our strengths and passions under our control. My question for you is, have you yet given control or has God had to take control through brokenness of the strengths and passions of your life? Sadly, so many people see Christianity as 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Like we are absolute, like poor in spirit, of course. We're willing to give Jesus the junk that we can't use, don't need, don't like anymore. So we come to Jesus, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, God clear all the junk out of my life. And that, that's being poor in spirit. That's a good step. But meekness is also saying, and God, anything else here you can use, even the good stuff, you can take that too. Like, because my whole life belongs to you. All of us surrender the junk in our life to Jesus. Have you surrendered the gold and silver in your life to Jesus yet? Have you figured out who God created you to be, what God created you to do, and instead of doing it for yourself in your own power, have you surrendered it and said, God, I only want to do this the way you want me to do it for the purpose that you've created me to do it? That is meekness, surrendering the strongest parts of your life. So like Moses, you on your own can do one thing, but you with God using the same strength for the same purpose can do the exact thing God has created you to do instead of freeing one you free one nation that was the story of Moses the meek we also learn as we study about meekness in the New Testament that meekness is not optional in the way of Jesus meekness is not something you can choose or reject as a follower of Jesus saying "Mm, you know what I'm good giving Jesus the brokenness the good stuff I'm going to keep for myself I've learned how to leverage that for me it's made my life comfortable it's made my life nice it's given me the things I want I've realized what God created me to do I do that I'm really good at it and it really really blesses me why would I want to put all of that in God's hands it's not really optional it's not optional and there are four New Testament pictures of meekness that show people who want to live in the way of Jesus that you have to have it letter A those who live in the way of Jesus wear meekness you say what do you mean by that good question good question in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul says this to the church at Colossae, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness. Guess what that word gentleness is in the Greek language? It's praas. It's meekness. That's why it's so important sometimes to go back and study the original language. Paul says, because you are a follower of Jesus, you've got to put on this thought of surrendering your strength. So anytime people look at you, they see that you have given the best part. Not the worst parts. They see that you have surrendered the best parts of your life to Jesus. People who follow the way of Jesus, they literally wear meekness. People can see it when they look at it. More than that, letter B, they produce it. Those who live in the way of Jesus produce meekness. You say, where's that? Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit. Say, what does that mean? The things squeezed out of you when Jesus leaves in you. The thing squeezed out of you when Jesus lives in you, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. What do you think that Greek word is there? Praos. It's meekness. The thing that comes out of you when Jesus loves in you, one of the nine is meekness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So Paul said anyone who's around you should see that you have surrendered the strongest parts of your life to Jesus. And anyone who's around you, watch this, leaders, should feel when you are leading at your strongest they should feel that you've surrendered all your leadership to jesus when you are leading at your highest level when you are leading under your highest stress what should be coming out of you if jesus is in you is this thought of i've given all this authority and responsibility and leadership that i have i've surrendered it to jesus so now i use it in his way those who live in the way of jesus produce meekness and after you wear it long enough and produce it long enough you actually become it in your spirit those who live in the way of jesus actually become meek paul said to the church in ephesus as a prisoner for the lord then i urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received be completely humble and gentle what do you think this greek word gentle is once again pros be be wear it people should see when they look at your life they should see the best parts of your life you've surrendered to jesus when people are around you, when you're leading your strongest, they should feel that you have surrendered your leadership to Jesus. But the more they get to know you, they should see that's not just what you look like and what you feel. That's who you are. you are. You have become humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And if you wear it long enough, produce it long enough, actually become it, and you have influence on people. Those who live in the way of Jesus will actually teach meekness to others. Paul said to Titus in Titus 3, 1 and 2, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate and to always be gentle. Again, what do you think the Greek word for gentle is there? Praos, meek. To be gentle and meek toward everyone. It's interesting when you look at the way of Jesus and you look at followers of Jesus, all you should see, feel, hear, Anywhere and everywhere is this thought of meekness. Now, some of you are thinking, hang on, Christian. Sounds like a little wordplay. Is it meek? Is it meekness or is it gentleness? Which one is it? Great question. Because the same Greek word is defined as both, meekness and gentleness. Is it meekness or is it gentleness? Watch how this works. Meekness or gentleness? If meekness is the spirit that you have, then gentleness will be the spirit you exude. Meekness is the action we take. I surrender... Everything that I'm in charge of. I surrender all the good parts of my life to Jesus. That's the action. The action is meekness, which means the interaction becomes gentle. It becomes like Jesus leads. So this helps us understand if we're meek. Dads, how do you know if you're meek? When you're leading your strongest in your family, would your wife and your kids say you're gentle? If your leadership is gentle, you're meek. moms when you're dropping your kids off at school or you're going to work or you're managing the part of the business that you manage when you're leading in the area of life that god's called you to lead when you have to lead at your strongest would people say that you're gentle if you're gentle you're meek coaches teachers lawyers doctors construction workers when you lead at your strongest, when you show up tomorrow and you have a leadership issue that you have to step into and lead, is your strongest leadership felt gently? If it is, you're meek. Meekness is an action. You surrender your ability to have strength and lead to, to Jesus. And what he does in turn is he makes it gentle. You say, Christian, I don't, I don't believe that you can be gentle and strong at the same time. Really? Can you prove to me that someone was strong and gentle at the same time? Maybe. In Matthew 21, verse 5, Matthew, who in Matthew 5, 5 tells us Jesus said, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Talks about Jesus riding into Jerusalem on what we celebrate as Palm Sunday. And he says, say to daughter Zion, see your king, your king, the authority, the powerful, the ruler, your king comes to you gentle. What do you think that word gentle is? meek." See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Can I be gentle and and powerful at the same time? Only if you become like Jesus. But that's the point of the series, right? Was Jesus the most powerful human being that ever lived on planet Earth, yes or no? You can actually answer out loud. I'll, I'll ask again, since it's not the library. This is a church, not a library. You can speak out loud. Was Jesus the most powerful human being that ever lived on planet Earth, yes or no? Yes. Was Jesus the most gentle spiritual leader that's ever lived on planet Earth, yes or no? Yes. yes. So can, can I be both powerful as a leader and gentle as a spiritual leader at the exact same time? No. Unless you become like Jesus, then yes. Because Jesus is the most powerful human being that's ever lived on the world and the most gentle spiritual leader that we've ever known. Jesus always comes into our life in gentleness and only uses his power when we refuse to surrender and we must be broken. So you say, what's the lesson outcome we learn from the New Testament? Meekness is all over your spiritual clothes. It's all over your spiritual fruit. It's all over your spiritual walk. It's all over your spiritual talk, or at least it's supposed to be. At least it's supposed to be. And folks, sadly, I don't know that it is enough In 2020, in American Christianity, especially when you look on social media, if you listen to talk radio, I think meekness might be the missing ingredient that's making Jesus attractive to the world who doesn't know him. Danielle's little sister is named Ginny Lee. She's several years younger than Danielle. Uh, I was her youth pastor, and because we did so much stuff in student ministry with the kids when I was a youth pastor, Ginny Lee, it seemed like, would stay at our house as often as she would stay at her mom and dad's house and one of the times she was at our house as a high school kid she decided to make Danielle and I and the people who were with us cookies and she accidentally used salt instead of sugar when the recipe called for sugar because it was white and it was on the counter and they were in the same jar and they were really, really close Um, do you think those cookies tasted good? yes or no those cookies did not taste good not even for someone who has COVID those cookies would not have tasted good like something's wrong I can't taste or smell but something is wrong here only one ingredient wrong but it made it taste really, really bad. I think if Christians have everything right but meekness, surrendered strength, the Christianity we offer the world, the Christian values we offer the world, the Christian convictions that we hold, they don't taste very good to the world when they don't come with the gentleness of Jesus. Amen? Like, y'all agree? Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. They'll have this impact like Jesus had on the earth. Meekness is supposed to be all over you. Friday night, Danielle and Casey and I went down and ate at Shake Shack on the plaza. If you've not eaten there, I recommend it, either on the plaza or in OP. Um, and there was a line outside because there was social distancing, and so they couldn't let very many people in the restaurant at a time. So while I was standing in line, Danielle and Casey ran across the street to a store called Made in KC, which we'd never been to, but Daniel's always talking about because so many of you wear clothes from there. And she stayed in the store for like 10 minutes and came back when it's time to go in the store and said, Christian, you got to go over. This place is unbelievable. And we walked in and it was, if you love Kansas City, it was awesome. I mean, like like everything in the store was made in KC and branded with KC. Like they had honey with KC on it. They had coffee with KC. They had barbecue sauce. They had sauce. I mean, like anything you can imagine t-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, blankets, bumper stickers, keychains. If you can imagine it, cookies. If you can imagine it, they had it, and everything in the store had two letters on it. What were those two letters? KC. It was on everything. It was on everything. That's how meekness is supposed to be in the life of a Christian. It's on everything. We wear it. We produce it. um, We become it. We talk about it. It is the trait that draws the world in. Your strength in the way you use it, the things you're good at and the way you leverage it is different. What have you done? I've surrendered it to Jesus for his use and purpose in my life. Blessed are the meek. It's not optional for those who want to live in the way of Jesus. And then lesson number three, meekness restores the rightful inheritance of humanity. This, This is where Matthew 5, 5 gets a little weird for like American Christians in 2020. Blessed are the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, we, like we can picture heaven. Like, get that one. Blessed are the mourned, for they will be comforted. Okay, that makes sense. When I mourn, I want to be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It's like, where would I even put that? Like, like, like if I inherited the earth, what am I going to do with the earth? That's a like, that's a weird. Like, like, do I got to mow it? Do I got like, do I got to like, what am I going to do with the earth? I'm going to inherit the earth the word here is really really key if you have your bible i want you to circle this blessed are the meek they will inherit the earth the word inherit is an interesting word and would have been a key word two thousand years ago for a jewish crowd listening to this it's the greek word kleronimeo. it means receiving one's rightful inheritance you say what's the what's the difference between receiving and having the jewish people in jesus day had they had been promised spiritual inheritance but they've not received it yet so when Jesus says you'll inherit it this wasn't an inheritance that they were looking forward to Jesus said this is an inheritance like the check is in the mailbox go cash it this this is yours right now this was a Jewish people remember from message number one who 2100 years before had been promised they would have a land and a king and they would be a nation and only 120 years of that 2100 year history had they received that promise this, this was a nation that for 616 years before Jesus showed up, lived in their land, but it wasn't their land. It was the land, but it belonged to another country. For 568 years, they lived in their land, but they paid taxes to a, for, a foreign government. For the last 100 years, they had a king called King Herod and his family, but they weren't even Jewish people. This was a group of people who had been promised something, but had never received anything. And now Jesus says, if you are meek, you can cash the check you get the inheritance so they're saying all right i'm ready what do we have to do and jesus says surrender all of your life to god we're we're sitting here thinking how do you receive the earth blessed are the meek for they shall inherit like how do you receive the earth the jewish people would have been thinking how could they have lost the earth say it again you and i are sitting here thinking how could you receive the earth The Jewish crowd in Jesus' day would have been thinking, how could they lose the earth? say, what do you mean? They used to have it and they lost it. Remember Genesis chapter one? So God created mankind in his image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. One of God's first blessings to humanity was the earth. Like here, it's yours. Here's the keys to the earth. It's yours. You got it. You're in charge of everything. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over every living creature that moves along the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. In the beginning, God created humanity to be with him. And he said, one of my gifts to you is the earth. Run with it. Just make sure you obey me and stay close to me or you're going to lose everything. And they didn't stay close to him. And they did lose everything and the jewish people for thousands of years have been wondering when do we get the keys to the car back you ever have your car taken when you were a teenager you got a speeding ticket you got a fender bender mom and dad took the keys to the car it was a great day when you got the keys to the car back the jewish people for thousands of years have been wondering when do we get the keys to the car back and jesus shows up and says blessed are the meek for they get the keys to the house back and they're thinking wait a minute he has all of their attention And they're thinking, what do we need to do again to receive this? And Jesus says, you have to surrender your whole life, not just the bad parts, but the good parts of it. You have to surrender that to me, and you have to walk with me. It's interesting, the blessing he promised, the word that he used, makarios, in the Greek language, happiness derived from an inward contentedness, unaffected by the world of men. In Greek language, this was always used of the Greek gods who lived on the earth but they were not impacted by things on the earth. They lived in the natural, but they were supernatural. Jesus said, when you begin to put your life in my hands, I take natural strengths and abilities, and I make them supernatural. I take natural impacts of your strengths, and I make them supernatural. Jesus said, you will be blessed when you surrender the strengths of your life to me. I take this natural stuff, I make it supernatural. And like Moses, instead of killing one at a time, you rescue an entire nation at once. He said, what was the difference between Moses at 40 and Moses at 80? Moses at 40 was on his own. Moses at 80 checked in with God every day. What was the difference between Moses at 40 and Moses at 80? Moses at 80 walked with God every day and said, I cannot do this without you. Listen, journey, God has blessed. I mean, if I could just call out names across this auditorium. God has blessed so many of you with so many strengths to make so much impact in this world for him. And in your natural ability, like Moses, you're going to have impact. But what would happen if in supernatural ability you took all of your strengths and like Moses at 80, you said, I'm going to walk beside God every day. I'm going to check in with him every day. I'm going to do it his way. I'm going to leverage it for his purposes. I'm going to serve his people what could your impact be blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth in Luke chapter 15 we meet a young man known in scripture as the prodigal son who said I want the inheritance but not the father and the father represented by God said okay I'll give you that but you'll realize it's not really what you want he had his inheritance he lost all his inheritance and when the inheritance was gone he still had the father and that was enough for him you say what does it mean to inherit the earth it means to have relationship with the father and if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with the father maybe because you've squandered it come back maybe because you've never been invited into a relationship with the father i invite you today into a relationship with the god of the universe he loves you he knows you he he sent his son jesus to die for you so you could be close to him so you could give him all the got junk 1-800-GOT-JUNK But so that you could also then say, look in every room of the house, anything of mine you can use for you, it's yours. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Would you pray with me this morning? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this room. If you're here today, if you're watching online today, and you're not connected to the God of the universe through Jesus, You can do that right now. In just a second, our band is going to come. They're going to lead us in worship. But before we do that, this may be your eternal moment to connect with the God of the universe. If you leave today separated from God, it's because you've chosen that. Today, you can choose to connect to God through Jesus. If you've never done that, all you have to do is believe in your heart that God knows you, he loves you. He sent Jesus to die for your sin, to remove your junk, but also to take your strengths and to use it for his purposes. If that message resonates with your heart today and you say, that's what I need, then just tell Jesus you need him. You can repeat this prayer after me or something like this. You don't have to pray it out loud from your heart to heaven. Just say something like this, Jesus, I need you. Just repeat after me in your heart, Jesus, I need you. Today I give you all my junk my sin, my brokenness. I ask you to forgive me and heal me. And I also surrender all of my strengths and gifts for your purpose. If you will come into my heart and life and lead me and use me for your purposes. Today by faith, which means I don't understand it all, but I'm willing to commit to you today. Today by faith, I want to become a Christian and follow Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me, for saving me, for loving me, for being willing to lead me. If you just prayed that prayer with me in just a second, Pastor Mike's going to tell you how you can connect to us and let us know you prayed with us. Let us know you started your spiritual journey. Let us know you became a Christian. We'd love to give you a gift and some resources to help you in your spiritual walk. We do church for people like you so you can get to know who Jesus is but before we close and begin worshiping Christians let me talk to you heads still bowed eyes still closed but hearts are open Christians have you surrendered the very best parts of who God made you of how God made you the greatest leadership positions and responsibilities that you have have you given him control over the strongest areas of your life for his purposes yet if not what are you waiting for blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. They will walk with God daily and intimately. They will have the power of God in, the, in their life. What are you waiting for? Christians, surrender. If you know what God made you to do and you do it and you do it well, surrender it. Just in prayer today, say, God, I give you the students in my class. God, I give you the business that I lead. God, I give you the family that I lead. God, I give you the kids I'm parenting. God, I give you the, the team that I coach. Just today, surrender. God, I surrender the strengths of my life to you. Ask God to help you wear meekness, to produce meekness, to become meekness, and then to teach it to others to surrender their life for God's purposes. Because Jesus said, blessed are the meek. They are the ones who have learned to walk with God like Adam and Eve, and now God is using them to fulfill His purpose in the world. God, that's our prayer for this series that you would help us learn the ways of Jesus so we could live like Jesus as followers of Jesus teach us your ways thank you that you taught us that blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are those who mourn and blessed are the meek and blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and blessed are the merciful and blessed are the pure in heart and blessed are the peacemakers and blessed are those who are persecuted and insulted because of their spiritual convictions and values Lord you taught us how to live with a blessedness that allows us to exist in the supernatural, covering even in a natural world. God, we bring you all of our junk. We are poor in spirit. We are broken. We need you to take and heal the broken parts of our life. But God, on the other hand, we give you all of our strengths. We give you all of our abilities. We give you all of our gifts. Lord, we pray you'll help us to walk in meekness because it's not optional for a follower of Jesus. And God, as we wear it, produce it, become it, and teach us, may we inherit the earth. May the keys of the kingdom, of walking daily, intimately, checking in with God, using our life for his purposes, become the reality of our life. Lord, help us to live in the way of Jesus so our world might see you and know you like we do. We love you. And God, that's our prayer today as we worship. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Journey, let's stand and worship with